The powerhouse of Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome to Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this program are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now, with Positive Living, here's Patricia Raskin. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. You know, as I always say, it's an honor and a pleasure to be with you each week because Voice America believes that information is power and the Internet is the future and the future is now, and so do I. That's why my program, Positive Living, is here. The purpose of Positive Living is to bring you practical solutions and positive principles to help you live the kind of life that you want to live. I really believe you can make your dreams happen. I really believe you can overcome your obstacles. I see it all the time with all the people I interview. Today is no exception. I have a really great topic and a really great guest. You can call us today, Mondays, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, or listen to the show online, which is archived, at 866-472-5788. My guest today is Audrey Brashish. She is the author of the book, All Made Up, A Girl's Guide to Seeing Through Celebrity Hype and Celebrating Real Beauty. A former model and editor for major teen magazines, Audrey Brashish uses her insider's perspective to make sense of confusing media messages and impossible beauty ideals. She takes you behind the scenes in the modeling world and in Hollywood to show you what's real and what is all made up. So if you're wondering why some women are more celebrated by the media than others or why it seems like the most pop stars, models, and starlets all have the same look, then you're going to find out why. Welcome, Audrey. Thank you so much, Patricia. Okay. I tell you, I have to tell the audience that I saw you on one of the programs. I went either today or CNN, and when I saw this, I said, that's the person I have to have on my program, because what you're really seeing is something that's not real. Is that true? I mean, and the other thing is, I think one of the things we saw, and it might have been on your interview, where they showed a model who got into the seat, very plain, and then it showed the transformation when she was finished. You bet. And I know this look like two different people. I agree. It's that that piece of um, film is done by the Dove campaign for Real Beauty, and it's just amazing. And it's an important piece of film, just as there's some exposés kind of that show up in magazines from time to time, showing how much airbrushing or digital enhancement and lighting changes happen. But my concern is is that that doesn't really always filter down to the media that target teenagers or girls or young women. So they're not necessarily seeing that, and they're not getting that reinforcement that it's not reality, and what they're measuring themselves against isn't even possible in real life. Mm-hmm. When did you discover this? Did you discover it when you were a model or afterwards? Well, there's a, there's a sort of two-pronged answer to that. You know, I was, I was one of these girls that got caught up in celebrity hype when I was a teenager. I was desperate to be a model. I really thought that since those were the women whose names I knew, who everybody knew by first name, you know, the supermodels, um, that if I could sort of be like that, that I would get that same recognition and status. Um, but it, from, pretty, from a pretty early age, I had a few experiences when I was doing modeling in New York as a teenager that showed me that I didn't really think that we were looking at the right qualities in women. As much as I thought it would be fun to be recognized and pretty, 
I knew I had a lot of other talents and interests, mm-hmm. and when guys all of a sudden just wanted to date me because they heard I was a model, even then I realized, well, wait a minute, what about my other talents or skills? Like, those didn't factor in at all. Mm-hmm. Later, when I became an editor at some of the teen magazines in New York, the major teen magazines that you see at every newsstand or every grocery store, I got tons of emails and letters from girls sort of talking about the same dream, wanting to be discovered, wanting to be a star or a celebrity. And when I heard all of that echoed in those letters, I said, okay, there's every, all of these young women are cluing into something, and I think we need to look at what it is and then figure out if there's a way to redirect their energies and, and have them recognize and identify with other women. So really what, what uh, it sounds to me like your mission and your passage in your passion is to say to teens and their parents, look, let's get real here, let's be realistic so that your, your children don't suffer later. Yeah, and the parents are such an important key because they're the first people that are going to have these conversations with their daughters or with their nieces or maybe their teachers with their students because I really think that we need to look at what we're up against and what that is is a sort of machine, a media and manufacturing machine that really influences what's considered beautiful and successful when it comes to women. And if we don't start to, uh, you know, take a look at those definitions that they're putting out there for us and figuring out if we want them or if we want to say, you know what, that's really narrow and there is a lot more, it's just not being shown because, you know, when it comes down to it, it's it's dollars and cents. And the media and the manufacturers that hire them have a huge financial stake in making mm-hmm. sure that what's considered beautiful and who's considered beautiful is connected to the products that they sell. So, of course, that's what they're going to say is, is lovely and what we should be like. Well, your book is very interesting. It has lots of illustrations, and, and, that makes, and it's, it's, it's very readable, and it's very, very easy. And in here you have just so many things about model stars and celebrities. Give us a little insight about the model stars and celebrities, Audrey. Oh, where should I start? <laughs> um, well, I think it's important to look at, you know, a sort of mini history lesson and see how things have changed over the last 50 or 60 years, you know, mm-hmm. after the World War II and, and 1950s era, and to just think about how, as women gained more financial and independence and, and um, professional power, that's the same time that the standards, of course, became much stricter. And when you look at how that relates to girls today, they've grown up in an era that has always been that strict with those really strict beauty ideals. And they've grown up, you know, they've been born since we've all known supermodels and actresses by first names. And that's a really tough thing to be up against when you're trying to look for role models or figure out what type of woman you want to be. And that's really all you see. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, again, you know, what you're saying is that it's really important for girls to, un- to hear this message so they can be more realistic. Again, yeah. Let me read you something that's in your book that I love. You have these little sort of squiggly uh, circles, and in them you have girls anywhere 14, 15, up to 19 who are writing. All right, I want to read you this one from Abby, age 16. An extremely small amount of women in the world have the model look, and there are thousands of us trying to copy them. Instead of boosting our self-esteem, it causes us to hurt ourselves at a time when we should be growing and finding out what we like about ourselves. And that's a 16-year-old. You know, you don't have to dig very deep sometimes when you talk to girls. 
to hear where it's affecting them in their thinking or in their lives. Like, it's definitely there. Mm. Um, you know, it's different degrees and different girls, that's for sure. But, you know, it, it pretty much affects whether or not you're dreaming of being discovered and trying to be a model. These influences are so prevalent, it's kind of hard to escape them. Here's another one. My four friends don't eat lunch because they don't want, because they want to lose weight, yet they're already so small. There's no weight to lose. Age 15. One more. When I was 12, this woman's 19. When I was 12, I first started comparing myself to models. I would wake up feeling happy with myself and my body, but then one magazine cover could dash it off. When I was 16, I was diagnosed with anorexia and dropped a ton of weight. I was really sick, but yet the skinnier I became, the more attention and compliments I got. Talk about the whole eating, eating issue. Well, I think what you definitely hear in that last quote, and if I remember correctly, it's from a young woman named Heather. Yes. Um, her, her interview was just an amazing experience for me to hear how much it affected her. But um, what you're hearing there in those quotes and why I included them in the book is that girls are cluing in from a very young age to which women are celebrated, who's getting the high salaries, who's considered beautiful, who all the guys are talking about. And it's not surprising then that they somehow feel a pressure, whether it's going to be something that they just keep in the back of their minds or whether it's something that because of other factors in their lives, maybe it's genetic predisposition, family issues, et cetera, might develop into a full-blown eating disorder. And I think what, what you're hearing there is that it's not, it's not such a, it's not such a far-fetched idea and that girls can get derailed pretty easily. And what I mean by that is, Everyone probably has their own dreams and skills and interests, but the more they see these images or the more they're exposed to which women are, to these women that are constantly celebrated and talked up and praised, the easier it is to kind of get derailed from your own interests, your own path, and think, okay, I need to sort of copy some of this or I need to figure out a way that I can get some of that attention for myself. Which way is it going to be? And um, that's my real concern for young women. Now, do you have a daughter? Not yet, no. <laughs> okay. What What are you going to tell your daughter, Audrey? I'm going to make sure that my daughter realizes that this is just one slice of the pie, that what they're seeing in the media, et cetera, is really narrow, and that there's so much that's left out of the picture. There's another girl that, that was interviewed in my book, and I, I can't remember where her quote is right now, but she says something like, I'm 17 years old, I want to be a dancer, but I happen to have a very voluptuous body. She doesn't use the word voluptuous, but that's what I'm paraphrasing. She's got a voluptuous body that she says guys almost make fun of it because she's so curvy. And when she looks in magazines and when she looks on TV, she says she never sees positive images of women who look like her. And she ended her interview crying with me and asking questions like, aren't I beautiful too? I see it. It's Jessica, 17. Yeah. Can you read that one out? I'm African-American, and I have the type of body they sing about in rap videos, a 36 DDD chest and a round ghetto booty. There are no positive images in the media of girls who look like me. It makes me feel like I'm not pretty and that my body type isn't considered desirable. Aren't I beautiful, too? Exactly. And to think that there's 17-year-olds or girls younger than that thinking, what's wrong with me? Like, this is just how I am naturally. Like, don't I get to be considered pretty? Don't I get to be desirable and sexy and talked about? Like, that's just heartbreaking. And if I have a daughter, I want to make sure that she realizes that their reasons, you know, their financial reasons, 
manufacturers, media, all of these people have a financial stake in defining beauty in a way that's beneficial to them. And that's so narrow. And I want to make sure to broaden that and expand the spotlight to different women of different body types, different women of different talents and accomplishments, so that it's not such a narrow focus. And we're going to talk about that after the break. I was... um I have to tell you this before the break because we have about a minute. I interviewed yesterday on my other radio show a gentleman who has a drug. Um, it's not. It's an alcoholism and addiction clinic in Malibu. His name is Chris Prentice. I want to have him on this program. And he believes that alcoholism is not a disease, that you really can get to the underlying causes and cure it. But one of the things he said that is tapping into what you're talking about is that he deals with a lot of celebrities because he's in Malibu. And he said the children and the teens of celebrities really have a hard time because they aren't known as who they are. They're known as the daughter or, you know, the daughter or the son of. Right. And he said that it really throws them into a lot of problems and a lot of them become ad- addicted. So it's kind of along the same lines you're talking about, except that, you know, they're just not good enough for yeah. who they are because they're measuring up to this other person. Which, as we've been talking about, is a really tough, narrow, you know, sort of finessed image that they're measuring themselves against from an early age. And a very small population. Yeah. Small amount. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, um, Audrey Brescia, she was the author of All Made Up, A Girl's Guide to Seeing Through Celebrity Hype and Celebrating Real Beauty, is going to talk about tips to help girls make changes in their own thinking and suggestions for parents, and we're going to talk about real role models. You can log on to allmadeup.net, allmadeup.net. Again, this is Patricia Raskin. My program is on Positive Living is now in year five on voiceamerica.com. My website is raskinresources.com, and all the archive shows are on Voice America and there's a link on my site as well. Stay tuned, folks. You're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. You can call us after the break at 877-4-excuse-me-866-472-5788. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. From our home to your speakers, voiceamerica.com. At least 90% of sports success requires mental strength. And the greater the competitive level, the more critical it becomes to build that mental muscle. Tune into Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time. Your host, Jim Meyer, sports psychology coach, consultant, and author, offers practical, powerful, and positive mental game, tools, tips, and techniques. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental game with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. Ever wonder what are the favorite travel destinations of the Hollywood Jet Set? Where do celebrities like to go when they aren't walking the red carpet? Tune in to Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk with President of Traveris, David Manning, and Lisa O'Hurley, golf aficionado and wife of actor John O'Hurley. On Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa talk with well-known actors, sports celebrities, and entertainment insiders to find out about their favorite travel destinations and what they recommend. On Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa also offer up feature vacations each week and last-minute deals for your next getaway. Find out what's new and exciting in the travel industry, as well as how to raise money for your nonprofit organizations while enjoying a wonderful vacation. 
Travera Celebrity Travel Talk with David Manning and Lisa O'Hurley broadcast each Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Travera Celebrity Travel Talk, your inside look into celebrities and travel. Go beyond success and discover a deeper meaning to life. Join host Jeffrey Gitterman and his guests, the premier thought leaders in business, politics, science, spirituality, and culture who have reached the pinnacle of financial and professional attainment in their fields only to discover a profound lack of fulfillment with what our culture defines as success. So won't you tune in every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific time to Jeffrey Gitterman and Beyond Success, redefining the meaning of prosperity, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Bringing you around the world, right from your desktop, voiceamerica.com. Are back. You are listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. And as I always say, I'm just so happy to be part of Voice America because, as I said before, Voice America believes that information is power, the Internet is the future, and the future is now, and so do I. Positive Living is all about making positive choices in your life, turning the obstacles into opportunities, finding solutions that are positive to issues. We can all lead the kind of life we want may take some doing in terms of our behavior and our thinking, but we can do it. And that's what I believe in. I've been talking this talk for 25 years, and people really want to hear it now. So, again, Positive Living is on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and we broadcast on Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern and noon Pacific. My guest today is Audrey Brasha. She's the author of All Made Up, A Girl's Guide to Seeing Through Celebrity Hype and Celebrating Real Beauty. Do you ever wonder why some women are more celebrated by the media than others or why it seems like most pop stars, models, and starlets all have the same look? Then this is the show and the book for you. And we're going to find out, you know, what is beauty and what is success and how do you reclaim your own power? A former model and editor for major teen magazines, Audrey Brasha, she uses her insider's perspective to make sense of confusing media messages and impossible beauty ideals. Okay, Audrey, welcome back. Thank you. All right. And, folks, if you want to call in, you can all call in today at 866-472-5788. All right. Let's talk about some tips that can help girls make changes in their own thinking in this pop culture. Where should we start? (laughs) What the girls can do themselves, is that what you'd like to get at? Yes. Well, the first thing that I think girls need to do is... What I say is get smart, and that requires some parental guidance or guidance from teachers, but it really means just starting to ask questions about, wait, why is this considered beautiful, and who's telling me that this is what I should look like, and who makes the decisions not only about what to put into a movie or a magazine or or a television show, but what to leave out, you know? Who's not in the picture? Who are we not seeing? So I say get smart is the first thing, and I don't think that that... You know, girls are not too young to start to to wonder about those questions. Once they do that, I think the next thing that they can really do easily is speak out. Because it is true, you can feel like just one individual voice and you're not sure if that's going to make a difference. But girls have such an opportunity today with technology, whether it's just through emailing webmasters, sending a letter to the editor of their favorite magazine, and really saying, you know, this is what I think you're doing is great. Here's where I'd love to see something different. Here are my complaints. Here's my praise. In my experience from working as an editor at magazines, et cetera, 
those letters count. The editors tally them. They know who's complaining about what, who's requesting what, mm-hmm. and they make a difference. And the other point that they can do is, oh, my gosh, they can blog, they can create podcasts. There's so many opportunities that are affordable and, and, and fun and would develop a girl's tech skills today as well. So those are some ways that they can get started. So what you're saying is, you know, make your, have a voice. Have a voice. Get your voice out there. State your grievances. State your issues. State your concerns. And people will listen. I think so. I mean, in some ways, like, that's that's really the most important and the best thing we can do. You know, and it's got to be in some ways a grassroots effort. It's got to be girls talking to other girls and raising questions about, did you see that? What, how did that make you feel? Mm-hmm. Because if you listen to girls, if you listen to women today, you know, it's our sort of, it's our way to bond over conversations about diet or how we don't like our bodies or who else has lost weight and looks so great. But those are such opportunities that we could be using those conversations to, you know, criticize what we're seeing a little bit and say, well, it made me feel this way or what's going on with that, you know, it was a really bad example or not a great role model. And um, that would change the way we interact as, as girls and as women. And what would you say to parents? Would you say this? Do you think it's more powerful, Audrey, coming from the team themselves or from their parents or both? You know, it's both. It's got to be both because parents have an opportunity to seek out some information that girls might not see every day. You know, there can be something in a newspaper or on a news show, a radio program, and all that stuff might not be reaching a 14-year-old girl or a 12-year-old girl. And it's an opportunity for parents to say, you know what, look at this girl who was written up, look at this woman, look at these changes, look at this amazing opportunities and role models. So parents have, have that chance. They also have the chance to sort of talk to their girls and ask them, what do you think is an important role model? What qualities would you like to see? Because if you sit down and you talk to girls, I find when I ask them at schools and at conferences, what jobs do you find most important? They tell me, doctors or lawyers or teachers or mothers. But, of course, when you look for those women in the media, they're a lot harder to find. If you have an opportunity to talk with a girl about that and sort of create a short list of the qualities or the types of experiences that she'd like to see, you can help her seek those out, and there you go. You've gotten a great role model for your daughter or your your niece or someone else to look up to besides what's being shown to us in the popular media. Mm. So, you know, again, again, it's all about, and also staying aware, don't you think, not getting kind of drawn in, and that might be difficult. You know, when all your friends around you are, into the hair and the makeup and the clothes and being skinny and looking pretty and curling their hair, um, you know, there's pressure there. There's peer pressure. You bet. And it's not, it's not easy to break away from, but, again, I think that when you see young women who are sort of cluing into this, um, whether they're getting very caught up in celebrity hype or whether they, you know, are, are talking about the type of careers they want to have, like they want to be a model or a star or an actress, what they're really doing is showing us that they've clued into who's getting talked about, who's getting praised, who's considered beautiful, who gets the big salaries, mm-hmm. and they're trying to emulate that. So that means it's up to us as adults to make sure that they've got some other things to emulate and talk about mm-hmm. because that's, that's what they're seeing, that's what they're going after. We need to make it appealing to want to be something else, you know? Yeah, absolutely. 
All right. Let's um, let's talk about the real role models. Who are the real role models? I think the real role models are the people that we see in our lives every day. And people ask me all the time, do you have a celebrity role model that you can point out? And it's so tough. Um, there's some, you know, Kate Winslet is a great example. She speaks out every opportunity she can mm-hmm. about the, you know, glamorization of ultra thinness and how that's just not healthy and she doesn't want it for her daughter and that sort of thing. So there's an example of an actress who's using her airtime to make a great point. But it's not so easy to just point, you know, to, to one specific person all the time and say this model or this celebrity is, you know, is a great one. You gotta pick and choose. And they are, they are sprinkled around. We do know that there's, you know, whether it's someone as, as famous as Oprah who's made a career out of talking about important women's issues and, and doing things her way, or whether there's some women politicians, local or national. The thing is, though, we've got to seek those out. And certainly, if you put a picture of Paris Hilton next to the incoming Speaker of the House of Representatives, Nancy Pelosi, it's a lot easier to recognize Paris Hilton for all of us mm-hmm. than Nancy Pelosi. And, and that's the type of thing that I think that we need to start re, re shift, like shifting it and, and refocusing the spotlight on different women. Yeah. Although I think some of the women female political role models are very good for women, don't you think? Absolutely. I just wish we could hear about them more frequently and, and know about them. And when they're out there, not have problems like Hillary Clinton had recently in her New York City campaign, or New York State campaign, rather, where every time, you know, there's, there's heated up debates, et cetera, one of her opponents would bring up allegations about whether or not she had plastic surgery and sort of change the, the emphasis of the discussion to her appearance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's really a problem when, you know, you get women who are being known for their other amazing talents and accomplishments that somehow questions of their appearance or what they're wearing and, and what their personal and private lives are like somehow seep in. And I'd really like to see them just celebrated for their accomplishments. Right. Absolutely. Because you don't see that with the males. You no, not so much. No talk about, you know, hemlines and plastic surgeries and that sort of thing for men. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, all right. Before we go to break... Tell us an inspirational story of someone who read your book and wrote to you. I've gotten so many on my website, but I did get one just this weekend from a young woman in India who said that she had heard about my book after researching it online. I think she's probably about 20. So she's even a little bit older than my target audience for the book, which is teenage girls. But she said that she went out and she got it anyway, and she read it, and it affected her so much because there's not that much written for 20-year-olds mm-hmm. about these topics. And she wrote in to say thank you and say, we've got these problems going on in our own country, meaning in India, and they're getting worse here too, and this is such a great resource, and I'm going to use it to try to figure out how to handle all of this, you know, in a different culture with different ideas of what's considered beautiful, etc. But celebrity hype and that kind of, you know, Hollywood beauty ideal is really seeping out everywhere, apparently. Mm. In other countries as well. Yeah. All right. If people want to get a hold of your book or if they want to read it or if they want to know more, they can go to your website, which is allmadeup.net, allmadeup.net. My guest is Audrey Brashish. She's the author of All Made Up, A Girl's Guide to Seeing Through Celebrity Hype and Celebrating Real Beauty. 
a former model and editor for major teen magazines, Audrey Bashish uses her insider's perspective to make sense of confusing media messages and impossible beauty ideals. And uh, her book is, is very well done. It's, um, it's easy to read, lots of illustrations. We're going to talk more about seeing through celebrity hype and celebrating real beauty after the break. And, folks, you can call into Positive Living, which is on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, right here on voiceamerica.com. And the, the line to call in today, if you're calling in at 2 Eastern or 11 a.m. Pacific, is 866-472-5788. You're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. Stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back. Conversation at a click of a mouse. VoiceAmerica.com Wine and Women is not your boring wine geek show. It is rather a fresh, fast-paced approach featuring interesting stories and entertaining segments about wine and wine-related topics through a warm and chatty format that will appeal especially to women, men optional. Hosted by wine connoisseurs and luxury lifestyle experts, Julie Brosterman, Lisa Kring, Sharon Borston, and Jeanette Oku, Wine and Women takes listeners to Napa, Sonoma, and other wine regions worldwide to meet the best as well as the newest winemakers, to restaurants to meet top chefs and sommeliers, to wine-themed spas, wine country getaways, even into supermarket wine aisles where women and wine angels swoops down and helps shoppers to get their wine picks and more. Women in Wine broadcast each Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Women in Wine, enjoying life one sip at a time. Hey, Dad. What? I can't get the ketchup bottle open. Here, let me try. Here you go. Thanks. You don't have to be a hero to be a hero. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Had an accident? The people you may encounter may be attorneys, doctors, and insurance agents. How do you protect yourself and your family? Tune into Meeting by Accident with attorney Tom Woodruff, an experienced trial attorney and former legislator. Attorney Woodruff and his expert guests assist and inform on what to do in a crisis, what steps to take, what to avoid, and most important, what you need to know to get through the process. Meeting by Accident broadcasts every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Because being informed makes all the difference. Tune into Meeting by Accident with attorney Tom Woodruff. The powerhouse of Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Hey, everyone. We are back with Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin. We have really a great show for you today. You know, we're talking about teens and particularly teen girls and having the right role models and the right images particularly when they see so much celebrity hype. My guest today is Audrey Brashish. Her book is All Made Up, A Girl's Guide to Seeing to Celebrity Hype and Celebrating Real Beauty. She's been on major talk shows. That's how I found her, CNN, all really major shows. And 
This message is very important, and she's getting it out there. You can log on to allmadeup.net. A former model and editor for major teen magazines, Audrey Brashish uses her insider's perspective to make sense of confusing media messages and impossible beauty idol ideals. And she takes you behind the scenes in this, in this whole world. And, um, as she says, don't believe everything that you see. Okay, welcome back, Audrey. Thank you, and thanks so much for, for diving into this issue, which is so important. Well, you know, when I saw this on television, I was watching it one evening, and I said, oh, this is a show. I've got to, I've got to get this one on my show, because I think this is very important. And I have to tell you that, um, I was part of the plastic surgery world for a little while in terms of helping to put together a medical practice. I have not had that in my I mean, I haven't had procedures, but I understand both sides of it. And, you know, the part that I think is, is really important is, you know, when you look at teen girls who are so large and have such large breasts that it's affecting their health, the way they walk, the way they look, and people are making fun of them, that's one thing in terms of having surgery. But the other thing is to, you know, be 15 or 16 and have plastic surgery is a whole other thing. So we may want to talk about that a little bit. I agree with you, and I think it's an interesting, you know, cross-section of where all of this talk about media images and celebrity hype and body image cross, because on the one hand, you're right, there's, there's circumstances, there's, there, there's situations that arise where plastic surgery or something like that for a teen girl is, is a right choice. It's necessary. I don't disagree with that. What I worry about is when I hear girls say things like, I want to look like, and then they fill in with the name of who they've seen, and it's not because they've got any problem with their body. It's just because I feel like they're figuring out that whichever celebrity or star, whosever name they fill in there, you know, Paris, Lindsay, Nicole, can be any of them, that um, they are seeing that that's the type of girl that everyone's talking about. And once you have that look, you've got different options. Mm-hmm. And instead of trying to fix our bodies and, you know, change them and, and put them through surgery when there's no reason to and that sort of thing, I think it would be so interesting if we could get girls and women in general to focus that energy and time on trying to change the standards, on trying to mm-hmm. change the definitions of beauty that we're all trying to measure ourselves against. Mm-hmm. Talk about the Christy Alley appearance on Oprah. I was shocked, actually, at it. Um, I agree that that obesity in the United States is turning into an alarming problem, and I applaud Christy Alley for sort of wanting to get into better shape and be healthy. That's great. I think that the problem, though, is when there's so much hype on her weight loss where it's positioned on TV as being something worthwhile doing and making sacrifices for. And then when you finally do it and you achieve it, you get to be on Oprah, which is, you know, sort of the cherry on top of the ice cream sundae. And then you get to take off all your clothes, practically. Well, there's there's another issue, right? And what did that really say, except the appearance of a woman and this uh, focus on her physical body is what's really important. And Oprah has had tons of shows on important topics and, and focusing on amazing women. So it's not that she doesn't do that. But, you know, that was a half an hour of airtime that might have been used to do something totally different and highlight a different type of woman or a different woman's skills or accomplishments that was instead spent on talking about weight and appearance and bikinis. And, and I'd really like to see that focus shift. Mm, absolutely. Mm. Talk more about 
some of the responses you've gotten from young girls? When I speak to girls today, um, you know, it's at conferences and schools, and I hear them. They come up to me after my my presentation, and they and they want to tell me their stories. And I, re- I recently met with a girl who told me that her mother. Um, used to be a beauty pageant contestant and it had been quite successful. So this girl was probably about 12 or 13 years old. You know, she probably has a mother who's in her 40s or 50s. And the, she, the girl was telling me how every day the mother asks the daughter, do I still look pretty? Do I still look thin? Do I still look fashionable? Do you think that your dad will still find me attractive? Mm. And I couldn't believe what an amazing amount of pressure that put on the girl to sort of bolster her mother and, and, and affirm her mother's beauty and what that's just going to do to her about her own thinking and what she thinks is important. Um, so I hear, you know, I hear interesting stories from girls, you know, and it's like little snippets that make a big picture of um, what they're dealing with, what they're reacting to because they've got family ideas of beauty, perhaps they've got different cultural or ethnic or, or regional ideals of what's considered beautiful, and then they've got media images to contend with all the time that they're trying to figure out who they want to be, mm-hmm. what what their own bodies are like, mm. what they're going to do. Talk about, you know, the children like John Bonet, you know, the beauty pageants for children. Talk about those, Audrey. They're, they're really tough, you know. I think... There was a movie about that recently, if I can remember it. It was really, it was very interesting. I don't know if you saw it. I did, Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah. Yeah, you know. That was really something and really had quite a message. It did. And, you know, you see in a film like that or as, as you learn more about the, the beauty pageants for young girls, as we did through the John Bonet case over the last ten years or so, um, just how much of an emphasis then is, is placed on that for girls at a young age. And... I don't really have a problem with with images of beauty, with the idea of wanting to be pretty or wanting to be considered beautiful. Like that's part of life. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. But when that's what you start to groom and focus for a girl at that age, when when a girl that's you know six or seven or eight, like some of these girls are, might be out developing sports talents or intellectual talents, it's just I think it's selling girls short. It's not giving them the same opportunities and time to focus on a whole possibility, uh, or, you know, realm of possibilities, and it's going to steer them towards that for the rest of their lives or until they figure out, you know what, this isn't for me, and I've got to make some decisions, and then they've got to backpedal, and then they've got to try to catch up with girls that, you know, had a, a wider range of interests or with boys that have been, you know, exposed to many more different um, opportunities and possibilities. So I think it's just so limiting. It's not that it can't be fun. It's not that there can't be a part of it. It's just it's 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 a great emphasis that I wish could be broadened. Are there any statistics? Um, you know, when you've been on these other programs, are there any statistics about um, well, teen problems with anorexia or problems with celebrity height? Have there been any research on this? Well, there's some, and, you know, again, like, that's a little bit, um, it's tough to figure it all out. Like, the National Association for Eating Disorders does have statistics about the many millions. I think it's at about 10 million. Um, no, I actually shouldn't quote that. Their most recent statistics are not in my head. But the many millions of girls that are dealing with eating disorders and that sort of thing. But what you 
don't almost need statistics to hear is when you talk to a girl say who says, you know, I really want to change my body because I'm just not happy or I've stopped eating all of my favorite foods because my friends don't eat those foods anymore either and I'm not going to because I don't want to be different from them or look different from them. So there's one place where it's like they're the statistics and those are clinical statistics talking about, you know, eating disorders or body dysmorphic problems. And then there's just the talk. And the talk is, you know, the other side of the line but no less serious. Um, another way to look at it is how it's affecting boys. Um, so I think it affects boys in two ways. The first is there is celebrity hype more and more for boys, and they've got role models of, of guys who are, you know, the six-pack abs and yeah. getting all the right kind of women and that sort of stuff that's being hyped more and more to them. So that's one challenge. The second challenge is how it affects what guys think of as pretty and who they want as their girlfriends yeah. and how they treat their sisters or their mothers. Yeah. Um, but to bring it back to your question of statistics, well, it's not a hard statistic, but it's still a fact that now all of a sudden there's a new eating disorder program that's opened up in the Midwest at a hospital that's just for men and boys because they are an inpatient facility where they can have the opportunity to talk about how these problems affect them. That's great. I had not heard about that. Yeah, it's in Wisconsin. And, um, you know, it's sad that that's, it's come to that, that they need a place where they have a program specifically focused for them, but yet it's, you know, it's telling that that's where we are with this whole culture, this pop culture, you know, this celebrity hype. It's gotten that bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I was happy to hear about is the, the new Rocky movie because it shows Sylvester Stallone older and it shows Rocky older. So it's getting away from just the young, strong, virile, you know. Do you know what I'm yeah, that'll be interesting. I'm excited to see how they handle that and, yeah. you know, yeah. what we come away with from it. Right. All right. We're going to take a break. Before we do, another, maybe another letter that somebody wrote you. Oh, one that you can tell, that I can tell you about? Yes, please. Gosh. Um, well, there's been one or two where girls have said after I've been at their schools for presentations where they've written up and said, they've written on my website or they've written directly to me saying, I never thought about any of that stuff and it's hard to be the one to speak up to my friends, but I'm so glad that I'm beginning to know about this stuff because now I'm never going to think of it the same way again. Mm-hmm. And that to me is so encouraging that even if they're not prepared to sort of be the pioneer and, and, you know, speak out all the time and, 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 you know, be that person, there's still a seed planted in their heads and their own thinking is going to change. And that's really half the battle because I think it's important that we speak out to the media and, and to try to tell them what we want to see differently. But we have to know, you know, that's a slow process of change. Mm-hmm. So what we really need to do is sort of immunize ourselves and change our own thinking first so that the messages, when they reach us, just really aren't as potent. And when I hear of a you know, high schooler or a middle schooler who writes into my website saying that process has started in her mind, well, then I really feel like that's just a great first step. Great. All right, we're going to take a break. And, folks, you can give us a call. We are here on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, Positive Living right here on Voice America. Call us at 866-472-5788. My guest is Audrey Brashish. She's the author of All Made Up, A Girl's 
side the scene through celebrity hype and celebrating real beauty. She's been on many of the major talk shows in the last few months. So you can log on to allmadeup.net. You're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. From our home to your speakers, voiceamerica.com. Albert Einstein once said, nothing happens until something moves. Will your movement towards realizing a dream, making a long-lasting change to your life, or simply putting a daily smile on your face is just a click away. Tune into Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney and free your mind, open your heart, and ignite action in your life. Host and commander in change, empowerment coach, and international speaker, Scott Chesney shares his insights to making the most out of your daily lives. Scott interviews people who are maximizing their lives, the most recognized transformationalists and leaders around the world, as well as those hometown heroes that move, touch, and inspire the best in all of us. Stay tuned into Maximizing Life for Scott's one-on-one coaching with callers. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney broadcasts each Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney, inspiring you to live life with passion, purpose, and limitless potential. West Coast Business Review and host Andy Campbell presents Show Me the Business. Each week, you'll hear exciting guests give you vital information on advancing your business and career. Learn how others have built their empires, from best-selling authors to renowned entertainers. Listen every Tuesday, 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific time on voiceamericaradio.com. Visit our website at www.westcoastbusinessreview.com. West Coast Business Review's Show Me the Business, connecting you to the business world. Live in the Green Life with Kim Carlson, ecopreneur, author, and green living maven, brings you an upbeat, fun exploration of the doables of living a more earth-friendly life. Kim cuts through the noise and urban myth of green do's and don'ts and shows that it is possible to live green easily. From hip organic weddings to exotic echo travel to healthy personal care products, get the most current trends and tips from the experts for living a more planet-friendly and human lifestyle. Live in the Green Life with Kim Carlson, broadcast each Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America channel. Living the green life for a human, healthy, and planet-friendly lifestyle. Bringing you around the world right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com Hi, everyone. We are back. You were listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin. My guest today is Audrey Brashish. She is the author of All Made Up, A Girl's Guide to Seeing Through Celebrity Hype and Celebrating Real Beauty. If you've ever wondered why some women are more celebrated by the media than others, and if you want to know why most pop stars, models, and starlets all have the same look, then here's why, and Audrey's telling us about this. A former model and editor for major teen magazines, Audrey Brashish uses her insider's perspective to make sense of confusing media messages and impossible beauty ideals. You can log on to allmadeup.net. I really heard about Audrey from watching her on, on many of the major talk shows. And uh, welcome back, Audrey. Thanks so much. I'm really glad that uh, I was asking that during the break, how interviewers on major talk shows were addressing this, and you said they were very supportive. They were, which is an interesting situation because there's been so much recently about, 
you know, um, celebrity hype, whether you look at the debate that happened this fall in some of the national media about the skinny models that were in the fall fashion shows in Paris and elsewhere in Europe, or you look at, as we spoke about, the Kirstie Alley show, um, or rather her appearance on Oprah. These types of things have acted like a lightning rod and really refocused everybody's attention on what are these messages about and how are they going to affect young women and, and girls. And I'm happy to see that people are willing to tackle that, even though, you know, it's, it's a question of what's in the media, and there are the media. Mm-hmm. So I think that's very important. Um, let's talk, oh, I know your book is for girls, but let's talk a little bit more about boys, because okay. basically what you're saying is that boys are really being affected. I really think so, and you're right. The book is written for girls, but what's an important component about that is how these messages and and ideas that get out there about who's pretty and what's sexy and what's important, how those affect boys. And when I did the interviews for my book um, and asked girls to fill out questionnaires and tell me how they feel, they would tell me things like, I really hate it when... I'm sitting in a group of guys and then all my guy friends, you know, just talk about a superstar or celebrity and say how hot she is and how much they'd like to date someone like her. And the girls would say, you know, well, how do you think that makes me feel? Like, hey, guys, like I've got great talents and I'm on the soccer team and I'm doing really well in school. Don't those things matter? Mm -hmm. So I think that that's an important um, thing to look at when we – as a culture, let all of these messages sort of bombard guys, too, saying, this is the type of girl that's pretty. You know you want to date her. And if you got the six-pack abs and if you, you know, if you were a type of guy like this, like you, you deserve someone who looks this good as like a star or a model. Because we know that, you know, like girls are so much more than that. And they end up feeling like their own talents and personalities aren't even nearly enough to compete with. So again, that you know, it's what I like about what you're saying is girls are speaking up. Yeah, they are little by little, and I think that we need to encourage that any way we can because that's where some of the change is going to come from. When the girls say, "You know what? This isn't for me," or "I'm only going to you know sort of buy in or listen to half of this and realize that okay, it's it's fun, it's a movie, it's a magazine, I really like it." but there's so much more out there that's just not making it into this movie or magazine, and I need to find out about that for myself, too. Audrey, talk a little bit about some behind-the-scenes insights from modeling and magazine worlds. Well, when I was, when I was in high school and I started doing some modeling, um, you know, I, as I said before, I really, really wanted to get into it, and it was fun, and I did feel like in some ways that I was going to get this status and glamour and attention, but there was another part of me that from the very beginning was involved with other things. For instance, I went to a high school in New York City that happened to be founded, if you can believe it, in 1709. That's how old the school was. And in the late 80s when I was there, I was one of the first women or girls to be elected to that school's student government. So it was nearly 300 years that it took for a girl to be on student government in that school, and I was one of the first girls elected. That didn't really matter at all when people heard that I was going to be in Seventeen magazine as a model. That Seventeen magazine photo created so much more buzz and interest and excitement than me being elected to student government, and I thought that was so 
out of balance and just wrong. Like I was like, that's not nearly as important as that's the other. That's amazing things. that you got that at, at a young age. I did. Even then, you know, I sort of was because thinking. most most women that age would not get that. They'd get very swept away in it, don't you think? Yeah, you're right. And I don't really, I can't really explain what made it click in my head, but something even then was making me think like, yeah, I'm excited about the magazine too, but there's a lot of other stuff going on here. So that's, that's the kind of insight that I really feel like my experiences in modeling gave me. Um, and when I got to be an editor at some of these teen magazines and heard from so many different girls nationwide, and I would really even say across North America, I sort of made some observations. You know, I could look at their letters that they would send in, and I could see from their return addresses. Some were in very affluent suburbs of cities across the nation. Some were in really rural areas, had a rural address or an inner city neighborhood that I knew of. And it didn't matter where the letters came from, and it didn't matter if they were on really expensive, personalized stationery that looked too sophisticated for a teenager to have, or if they were ripped out on notebook paper and, you know, written with, like, Hello Kitty stickers and really sort of showing how young they were, Mm -hmm. the questions that these girls wrote in about were the same. And I sort of had this, you know, amateur demographic experience of looking at, like, doesn't matter where the girls are writing from, doesn't matter what some of these clues might infer about their backgrounds, Everybody was saying, yeah, but I kind of want to be that type of girl, too. Like, I want to be famous, or I want to be a model, or I want to be a celebrity. Here's my class photo. Here's a picture of me in my backyard in a bikini. What, how can you help me? How can I get discovered? And I think that that, too, was showing that those girls were just like I had been a few years earlier, where they were kind of thinking, like, yeah, if I can get this, I'll be on my way. Mm. It's interesting because you were on the cover of so many. I mean, uh, you, your writing has appeared in Teen People, Shape, Sassy, Ms. L, Girl Health, Mademoiselle, and many others. And yet you were, um, now were you on the cover of any of these magazines as a teen? No, I wasn't. Never a cover girl, just all sorts of other different types of modeling in the pictures and between fashion shoots, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, and but but as I said, I think the amazing part is that you really got it at a very young age. And that, I think, also shows, like, there's good stuff in some of these magazines and some of this entertainment. I try to write really smart, interesting articles and, and work really hard with the editors now, you know, now that I'm a freelance writer for some of these magazines to get good stuff in there. Mm-hmm. The, the problem, though, is you've got to learn how to read the magazine to know where the good stuff is Absolutely. and to walk away from the other stuff. Absolutely. All right, we have, we're just out of time, so what do you want to leave our listeners with today, your message, Audrey? That really we need to start thinking about which women are celebrated and why, and that it's not our bodies that we need to spend all of this time trying to fix and change and, and alter, that we need to spend that time and energy trying to change and alter and fix all of these standards that are out there for us to measure them against. Thanks so much for being on the program. Oh, thank you, and thanks for really getting into this topic and and trying to make a difference. Thank you. Stay on the line. Audrey Brashish, author of All Made Up, A Girl's Guide to Seeing Through Celebrity Hype and Celebrating Real Beauty. You can log on to allmadeup.net. It's a wonderful book. I really suggest it. Next week, my guest is Steve Miraboli, who has his own program on Voice America. He's a renowned speaker, writer, and personal coach. 
He has risen to national prominence and gives wonderful motivational talks. And his company is the Empowerment Company. And he is the president of A Better Today, Inc., the Empowerment Company. And he electrifies audiences and talks about his four pillars of success and design success engineering. And I've worked with Steve, and I'm really excited to have him on the program. He's achieved a lot of success at a young age and is very enthusiastic and dynamic. Folks, you're listening to Positive Living. Remember, you can log on to the shows that are archived on this site. Just go to voiceamerica.com, look up Patricia Raskin. You can also go to my site, raskinresources.com. Remember, folks, stay healthy, stay happy, have wonderful networks and lots of support, have joy in your life, and remember, you can make your dreams come true. Until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin for Positive Living. Have a great day. Listening to Positive Living with Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. For an autographed copy of Patricia's book, Pathfindings, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to RaskinResources.com. And tune in next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific for Positive Living, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. 